You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock, Eric Crocker. We're going to get deeper into the defensive side of the ball from the week one win of the 49ers over the Detroit Lions, you've got some news about Raheem Mostert now. It's not eight weeks. It's all 16 of the weeks remaining that Mostert is going to be out. The 49ers have added a running back to the squad. They've made some calls about defensive backs. We've got some rumors and reports about the 49ers maybe uh, making some trade efforts for a young cornerback. And we'll get a little bit deeper into the defensive side of the ball with some numbers and some grades and all of those things. And some of your questions on today's show don't forget to check out the sunday nfl live morning show that happens before every uh, nfl sunday week 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern cody rourke and ross jackson right here on the network it's on youtube it's on uh, twitter and twitch and everywhere that you find streams but find it on youtube that's the best place to watch cody and ross do their thing sunday mornings before nfl football every single week Croc, the 49ers fans are down about this win, right? We were talking a little bit about that off the air, and I think some a couple of people got mad at me on Twitter and said that we were maybe adding to some negativity. I don't know if we were telling any lies or anything like that. Uh, I don't know about any negativity that was coming out for us. I think we do a really good job of trying to be as objective as possible, but I feel like 49ers fans in general maybe, even though the 49ers scored 41 points against the Lions, are somewhat down on the week one win. Do you feel the same? Scored 41 points on the road. Week one had an injury to Raheem Mostert, kept moving forward. Obviously, I kind of like that, you know, that that weird late quote unquote comeback that was never really a comeback, but it was. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I looked at that when I'm like, way to go, way to get out of there. You got the W, move on to the, the Eagles, get ready for them. And I'm looking at my mentions on Twitter, and the sky is falling. 49ers are. The worst team in the NFC West. People are, are down about that. They're down about the cornerback position. They're down about Brandon Ayuk. They're talking about trading Brandon Ayuk. I'm seeing a lot of those comments in my mentions. I'm like, oh, hold on, yeah, baby. Slow down. Like, like, that's exactly when you don't sell a guy. Sell a guy low after he just doesn't play for one week. That was one that was common because we talked about maybe Kinlaw for C.J. Henderson made a lot of sense for both teams earlier in the offseason. And I've, say, I've seen um, – and we'll get to a, a, a name that the 49ers might be after on the trade market at cornerback. But then I've seen Ayuk for C.J. Henderson. And you said flat no, right? You rejected that idea. No. Why would I trade Brandon Ayuk? I, I think a lot of people are just, again, overreacting. We, we saw Kyle Shanahan's comments. We talked about it yesterday. And, hey, you got to get your stuff together. But, like, dude, it's week one. And I just think that a lot of what everybody is saying coming out after a week one win, again, I get it. Team kind of made a late little push for not to play a little soft defense, whatever the case is. But this isn't a fire sale situation. Team that's just, okay, took a little lumps, had a, little in- had a couple injuries. Now let's just get ready for Philadelphia. Like, I've even seen things of people really down on Kyle Shanahan. So he just coached the team to 41 points and it went on the road. If if you were going to trade, let's say that the 49ers this offseason saw something in Ayuk and like, God, you know what? I'm not sure if he's going to really be the guy for us. The time to trade Brandon Ayuk was over the summer, right? They could have got a ton for him. 
you could get a star NFL player with a salary if you could fit that salary in. Brandon Ayuk's uh-huh. value on the market should be huge compared to, um, I don't know. I mean, any big time player that you've seen get traded for a ton, like the 49ers would have put that, put, put Ayuk in the, the draft package where they traded up to get a quarterback, right? If that was the case. So, yeah, like, I just, I don't, I, don't, I don't see any scenario where you trade Brandon Ayuk after week one. If we're, if we're still having this conversation after week 10, even then, I don't think it'll happen. He'll probably, you know, they'll take the Dante Pettis approach where you give him every opportunity this offseason to get it right, next year to get it right. And then if it's still kind of weird, then move on. But I still think this is way too fresh of a situation for people to kind of overreact and decide that they want to move on from him. Like, we, we don't even, we really don't, I mean, we're speculating some of this with this whole situation and saying he's in the doghouse, which it really sounds like he is. But I, I don't think it's to the extent of how fans are taking it. I think maybe some of it is, well, he had zero targets in the game. But, dude, like, Ayuk is he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. Let's settle down a little bit. Committee wide receiver group, committee quarterback group, committee running back group. We talked about it. Here's the other one, Elijah Mitchell. Would you be shocked at all if Brandon Ayuk led the 49ers in snaps at wide receiver and targets in week two? Would you be surprised if Trey Sermon led the 49ers in carries in week two? Not at all, because for the 49ers, it seems like people don't do things in consecutive uh, <laughs> yeah. games. That's be that's been the that's been the uproar about them in the fantasy league, why some people just stay away from them. Because from week to week, you never know who's going to be the one to get off. So, yeah, Brandon, I definitely could lead the team in targets. And, and Kyle Shanahan could make it a point to make sure that that happens, just because he hears the chatter and sees it on social media. So I'm pretty sure he'll be asked about that question again, probably going on KBR or something. And he'll be like, you know what? Here we go. 12 targets coming up for Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. He just likes to have fun with people sometimes, I think. Okay. How about this? Okay, let's um which this is a this is a tough one and Raheem Mostert was supposed to be out maybe 8 weeks because of the chipped cartilage or whatever the injury was and he released his own statement today on Twitter and he decided after meeting with multiple doctors and weighing options that he'll be having season-ending surgery to repair his knee. And he said, this gives me, without a doubt in my mind, the best possibility of coming back 110%. I have always come back stronger, and I will do it this time. I have faith in myself, my doctors, my support system, my team, and God, he makes no mistakes. I'm gutted. This sucks. This is obviously not what I worked so hard for. I wish more than anything I could be out there on the field with my brothers. Thank you for your support and your decision. I'm far from done, Mosterati. So Raheem Mostert's going to be done for the year. I'm not too worried about the running back position. I love Mostert. He's one of my favorite humans. He's one of my favorite dudes on the 49ers. He's fun to watch. He fits so well with the 49ers scheme. And how about this note on the production from Raheem Mostert? This from Associated Press's Josh Dubow, who covers the NFL. He said, most yards per carry in NFL history, NFL history for running backs, in regular season plus playoff games with a minimum of 300 attempts, most yards per carry in NFL history, number one, Raheem Mostert, 5.77 yards. Number two, Bo Jackson, 5.49 wow. yards. That's where Raheem Mostert is, yards per carry in his career when you can include the uh, regular season in the playoffs. And, and we've seen that. Kyle Shanahan's, Shanahan's offense, he was 10 yards per carry on those two runs. He was going to go off if he was getting the carries. He was going to do it all game. He's going to do it all season. And unfortunately, we're not going to get a chance to see that. So that is a bummer. I got a lot of... You know, just kind of responses 
to his injury and a lot of people saying like, you know, what are the 49ers losing with him? Like, it, you know, what should they do at the running back position? I'm like, dude, the running back position is the easiest one to kind of plug and play. Now, the, the, the thing that you're missing the most, because I think if, say if Mitchell plays all 17 games, I forgot to add an extra game. With the extra game, he can be a, a 1,350-yard rusher, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I don't think that's far-fetched. He plays every game, and they just keep giving him the ball. The way the 49ers run blockers work, I I think the the thing you miss the most with Mostert being out is the fact that he can score on any given play. Like anytime he touches the ball, he's liable to take it the the whole way. He's dangerous from that aspect, and you miss that. Like just the threat of that on a play to play basis. That's not to say. I mean, obviously, we saw Mitchell break off a long run uh, for a touchdown in this first game, one of his first few touches. But Mostert. Anytime, like it's he, you take a bad angle, he makes one guy miss, he's off to race it, he's gone. We've seen it several times, so that that's that's the biggest thing you miss. But I think from a production production standpoint, I don't think it'd be too far off. Yeah, he's such a big play running back, and that skews his yards per carry because he is. I mean, he's so explosive, and we talked about it on the pod. That's why I was like, why are you dra- why are you drafting Sermon over Mostert? And maybe this is part of the reason, but um he's so explosive. He's a different guy and he, and he can house it from anywhere, but you can still get production, especially in Kyle Shanahan's offense at running back. So they're going to be fine. No matter if it's one of the rookies, either or hasty, or what about carry on Johnson? The 49ers have signed former lions, second round pick carry on Johnson to their practice squad. Do you see carry on Johnson as a guy that could come in and help the 49ers or is he just a body? Uh, yeah, he was a good pass catcher, sort of a bigger running back coming out of uh, Auburn, right? Yeah, I just was never a fan of him. I, just the way he ran the ball and stuff like that. Now, take what I say with a grain of salt because I also didn't like the way that uh, Derrick Henry ran the ball, and he's one of the greatest running backs ever. <laughs> right? I mean, he's been tearing up the league right now for a few years. and and uh, But, yeah, uh, with Carryon Johnson, I just was never a fan of his. And he went to Detroit. Maybe that has something to do with it. See the way that D, uh, Detroit, I think, Stafford's, I don't know, last seven years, he's had like one 100-yard rusher or something crazy like that. Just some really just wild stuff. So they haven't been known to be a good run-blocking team for whatever reason, and maybe that added to his kind of demise in that position. But I just was never a fan of his, not even at Auburn. Six feet, 215 pounds. He had a 40-inch vertical coming out, 4-5 speed. He could catch the ball a little bit out of the backfield. You know what he reminds me of? And I've had this comp a couple times, I think. But um, Terry Kirby, do you remember X 49er Terry 41. Kirby from back in the day? Yeah, yeah sort of a tall pass catching back. I think that's what carry on Johnson reminds me of. I think it was his rookie year. He had a big injury. Maybe he didn't come back the same from that. So he might not be as how many carries. Uh, so his rookie year, he had 118 carries, 641 yards. He only played 10 games. He started seven of those. And 5.4 yards per carry. Then the next two years, he was only three and a half yards per carry. He started seven games, then he started two games last year. And then, hey, so the injury bug, I think, has hit him every single year and then less effective last year than on the street. Nobody wanted to pick him up all offseason long. So now he's on the 49ers practice squad. So 4.3 yards total for his career. Here's something to think about. Right now, there's a running back sitting on the Ravens practice squad. If you did have to have a guy active, Right. And they have three running backs. But if they needed a guy like say one of these backs went down and maybe this is the hypothetical stuff that the person in in our mentions was talking about how we talk about these hypothetical situations. But anyways, hypothetically speaking, 
one of these running backs go down, would you want to make the call to bring on Le'Veon Bell, who's on the Ravens practice squad? Uh, no. Not really. I think he's pretty washed, and his style doesn't go great with Shanahan. I feel like Shanahan would be so frustrated with him because he doesn't hit the hole very quickly, and he doesn't have the explosiveness he used to to actually find it and hit it. Yeah, he's like a boxer waiting for his spot to make a punch. Um, so I think it probably wouldn't be worth it. I mean, at some point, yeah, but I mean, I would be more interested in one of these undrafted guys that can run, young guys. Because Kyle yeah. Shanahan seems to be able to work magic with those types. Shake up on the running back depth chart. What about corners? Looks like the 49ers might be shopping. Still plenty of time to get all your bets in for the rest of this week's NFL schedule at betonline.ag. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest. And get a 100% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. Head over to the website, use your mobile device, your computer, whatever you got to sign up today and receive that 100% welcome bonus. There's news and odds on just about anything you can imagine, from football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. What about cornerback though, Croc? How about this story that the 49ers reportedly inquired about a trade with the Minnesota Vikings for second-year cornerback Cameron Dantzler. Dantzler was I believe a second or third round pick, right? Um, was he a third round pick? Third round pick yep. last year out of Mississippi State. Ran a four six, longer guy. He would he would go right in that uh, that category of the the player that they've looked for in the cover three defense. Long, maybe top speed could be something that you would skimp on if you were looking at a prospect for for that sort of a defense. And uh, he's a player I thought would be a starter this year for the Vikings, but they brought in Patrick Peterson there. And I don't know if they're uh, they're disappointed in Cam Dancer in year two, the Vikings, uh, if they were the ones making calls and shopping Cameron Dancer, if the 49ers are just calling. Because, look, someone asked me on Twitter, should 49ers uh, trade for X? Do you think Kyle Shaney, or think John Lynch is on the phone with somebody about player X? And my answer is yes. You know that John Lynch knows what the landscape is for corners around the NFL. He's done the work already. So I'm sure he's talked to way more teams about way more players than Cam Dantzler. That's just the one we're hearing about right now. But specifically Cam Dantzler, since that's the report, what are your thoughts on Cam Dantzler? What would you give up for a guy like that? Uh, Nothing. I mean, if, if you just absolutely want him again, he's one of these taller guys. He was built slight. He didn't run fast. Well, he didn't run fast at the combine. Actually ran pretty slow. Ran in like the four sixes, like four six four or something like that. Mm-hmm. But went to his pro day and ran like a four three or something crazy like that. I was like, bro, no. That's right. He's one of those. Yeah, he's he one of those one creative like, pro days. You're very skeptical. Okay, okay, you went from four six four to four three nine. Come on. <laughs> yeah, um, he he played well. I think the highlight of his college career was probably the way that he covered uh, uh, Jamar Chase extremely well, but. Technical stuff was there, but just it looked like the lack of pure speed has just bitten him over and over in the NFL just in his rookie year. It just continued to happen. I think a lot of it was just like he's just not fast. Then, I mean, Vikings having some trouble there. 
Jeff Gladney in that same year, they drafted him in the first round. Gladney's not even on the team anymore. I think he like hit his girlfriend or something oh, yeah, like that. And they in, they released him. He's a free agent right now. He's in trouble with so, the law. He's not going to get a job anytime soon. And when yeah. Bashad Breland, I don't know how you feel about Bashad Breland, but he's almost got a similar profile to what Cameron Dancer was coming into the year, uh, coming into the league, maybe a little thicker, not quite as skinny as Dancer, but wasn't the fastest guy in the world. Agent? Uh, he was a free agent from Kansas City, Bashad Breland, but he's no, no, he's he's the guy who's starting over Cameron Dancer. So oh, if you okay. can't, if yeah, you're a sense. if you're a day two draft pick and you can't beat out Bashad Breland in year two, I think that's pretty telling, right? Yeah, because again, they, they you know you're a day two pick, like they want you in there. Same with 49ers and Ambry Thomas right now. I mean, right now I think 49ers would be like, man, I just wish Ambry Thomas was ready. Clearly he's not, but he definitely has more a better athletic profile than Cameron Dantzler. So you just got to bring him along. But I mean, next year he can be in the same situation, a guy who just can't quite figure it out. Do you find it frustrating, Croc, that the 49ers need to look so hard at corners right now? They drafted two guys. They, they, I'm sure they had a plan all offseason long. I, I think the Jason Red injury is also obviously something that you can't know exactly that a guy's going to get hurt that early, but you had to have some sort of idea in your mind that, like, look, okay, let's plan this roster out. Jason Verrett is someone who could get hurt. Like that's something that could happen. You shouldn't have to go into like some crazy, um, crazy mode of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. We couldn't have fathomed this need happening during our football season. So it does. So it does I, seem I, a little odd. Go I've gotten ahead. that question a lot on Twitter. Like, why haven't they addressed the cornerback position better? And I would say, I think they did. If you really look at it, right? You went into the the off season and you brought back Verrett. And you, and you have Emmanuel Mosley. So in theory, you have your two starting corners. So it's like, okay, I got my two starting corners. Now, okay, I want to get this guard. I obviously want to get this qu- quarterback. So, okay, third round, we can get a guy, Ambry Thomas. And, you know, we're going to double up on it, and we're going to get another guy in the fifth round, Diamador Lenore. So you look at it from that standpoint and then bring a guy like Dante Johnson. Like, you feel like, okay, I'm I'm pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm safe. Like, yes, I have Verrett, but I also have my long-term plans and Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore definitely want to bring them around. And I think, I think I mentioned it yesterday. Uh, Ambry Thomas was someone who people feel like should have went higher if he didn't opt out. They think he would have been drafted higher. So they probably thought, hey, we got to steal. Got the athletic profile guy, physical uh, corner, you know, runs well. We're going to just develop him. And, hey, if, if Everett does go down, then we can just plug in Ambry Thomas. The issue is not just Verrett has gone down, Mosley has gone down too, and you're just without two starting corners. I think, and I always try to put an emphasis on this, any team in the NFL, if you're down your two starting corners, you are in trouble. It does not matter who you are, what team, you're going to be in trouble. Maybe a team like Baltimore can maybe figure some things out, but most teams in the NFL, you are going to be in trouble if you're down your two starting cornerbacks. When it comes to Avery Thomas, we just talked about Cam Dantzler and his pro day numbers. That's what's tough about this offseason is it was only pro days, no combine. And, I, and I've heard the, the narrative about Avery Thomas about, oh, you know, maybe he's even a first-round guy. I didn't really get that vibe when I watched him. I was like, okay, late three. That, that looks like what he is. Uh, and I don't know if I trust the 4-4-2 or 4-4 flat or whatever it was at his pro day. He, he's athletic, but he's not you know, f- pushing four threes to me. So um, I don't know if he really was or if that was just a random scout or if he just or, or a certain, you know, 
reporters. You have to, you know, grab onto anything you can. And at some point, 200 guys in the draft, someone's going to say somewhere, oh, maybe first round guy, you know, and attach that to him. So I'm not sure about that with Ambry Thomas, but you would hope if you're the 49ers that Ambry Thomas, at least, you know, by next year or whatever, because he didn't play last year, maybe that's part of it, would be a guy that like, yeah, no, why would we trade for Cam Dancer? We don't even need Josh Norman. We got Amber Thomas and, and Demo. Let's go. Um, and but you're right. I, I think your overall point about any team that loses both their starting corners would be in trouble. Yeah. Let's get into the numbers a little bit with the 49ers defense. Maybe answer a couple questions and finish up this Wednesday, non-weeky Wednesday episode. Maybe late Tuesday night. You're listening to this pod. Welcome to the show. Hope you're having a good time without Winkler. Winkler is going to make an appearance though later. In the week, Croc and I will finish this one up next. All right, football fans, tell me if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for some other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And that would be the best part, except there's also no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. There is something for everyone at Built.com. Guilt-free snack. It tastes delicious. You don't feel like you're missing out on anything, yet you're getting all this protein and high fiber in a low sugar, low calorie snack. Are you hungry? Do you need a snack? Do you want something that tastes good but won't ruin your diet? It's easy. Built Bar. Power your workout. You need something to get you between meals. You're on a long drive. Pull out a Built Bar. You're good to go on your commute. Uh, you forgot breakfast. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Built.com. Buy yourself a box. Mix your own box of Built Bars. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs in every bar. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at built.com we talked i don't know if it was yesterday or the day before croc about diamador lenore and his 90 snaps he played 90 snaps in that game that's a crazy amount of snaps but those young legs uh he was he was up for the challenge he didn't have great grades according to pro football focus uh, he had a 59.3 coverage grade, but he only gave up one catch. He wasn't targeted a ton, so, you know, they're grading every play, so maybe that play where he gets beat deep, and just because it's not a completion, that doesn't mean he didn't get beat, so they're grading stuff like that with Demo. How did you think Demo did overall? And and let's go through some of these defensive backs from week one and, and how you thought they did. Let's start with Lenore and his 90 snaps. I I think anytime you're not the issue in a game, then you play fine. You good. <laughs> There's always going to be, especially at cornerback, uh, it's just such a tough 
position. If you take the wrong step, somebody can get behind you and they can get on top of you. That that can happen any down. So the fact that somebody in a game had a couple steps on them and they threw it and they overthrew it, we just call that long foul ball. But overall, he played well, gave it one catch for three yards. So no matter how you spin it, regardless, you know, okay, target them three times, one, they maybe had them or whatever, but it's such a tough position. So he's fine there. Thought he, I thought he, I thought he played well. There will be, if you dive into the film, I'm sure there are other times where maybe he got beat or turned around. I remember diving into his film during the preseason and be like, ah, I could see where he could have got, you know, got right here, right here, right here. But if you pay close enough attention, you could do that with a lot of people. His passer rating against was 42.4. I mean, I thought Diamador Lenore passed the test, and we've seen it in the preseason too. And yeah, he might get beat at some point, and he's gonna, it's going to be Norman and Lenore, it looks like, starting week two. Um, so let's see. Let's go. Both of, uh, Unless E-Man comes back, Emmanuel Mosley, I don't know if he will. It doesn't look like he's going to be coming back for week three, but we'll find out. And probably a little bit of uh, Ambry Thomas and a little bit of Drake Kirkpatrick and a little bit of Dante Johnson all working in there as well. But Norman and Lenore, I think those are going to be the starting cornerbacks in week two. Ambry Thomas, 27, worst grade of any player on the 49ers team, offense or defense. He had a passer rating against of 118.8. Uh, he was targeted three times, as was Lenore, but only in nine snaps. Lenore was on the field for 10 times as many snaps. They had the same amount of targets, <laughs> and Ambry Thomas gave up three catches on three targets for 44 yards. It's tough, man. I always want to come to the defense of my defensive guy, especially cornerbacks. I know how hard of a position is to play. I think right now what's going on with Henry Thomas is the game just might be moving a little bit fast for him. You know, I've talked about cornerback position, especially as a rookie. Sometimes if it's things that you're not used to doing, it's too sped up in your head and you end up thinking too much and you're playing a lot slower instead of just being able to react. Uh, you know, there are things that I think the casual fan doesn't truly understand with how you're supposed to defend different things. It can be a fire zone three or a sky cover three. And depending on which one it is, I have totally different responsibilities, especially if a team starts in motion and I got two to one side, but then now all of a sudden there's one, my responsibility changes as opposed to if there's two to my side, then the third guy comes over. Do I count the running back? Do I factor him into these things? And you're trying to think of these things on the fly and the, the ball is snapped. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait. And then the ball is thrown at you and it's caught. And a lot of those things could be going through his mind right now because at Michigan, he played a more simplistic defense. There was a lot of press coverage, um, primarily press coverage. I'd say like 95% of the time he was impressed. He was lined up at the line of scrimmage, even in some of the zones that I saw. And that kind of simplified the game for him. Get to the NFL, start using different verbiage, different things you're not used to doing. It could be difficult. And people see the transition that Diamandola Lenore has made, who isn't as athletically gifted from a height standpoint, uh, a speed standpoint, and all that. But Oregon, they ran a lot more, you know, different zones, schemes, things like that, off coverage, press coverage. So he might be a little bit more ahead mentally to where the game is kind of a little bit more slowed down for him so that he could just react more so than what we're seeing from Amber Thomas. All nine of Ambry Thomas's snaps came on the outside. Diamador Lenore, 77 of his 90 snaps on the outside, nine snaps in the slot, and he was actually in the box three or four times as well. Um, and Probably some special teams in there too, maybe. Uh, there might have been some special teams, but that's just defense, I'm pretty sure. Does that Golly. add up? 77, 9, 
I think, yeah, actually, there might have been some special team snaps. But um, the, how about safeties? Ward, Tart, usual selves? Okay. stand out? Okay, so a lot of people have been getting on Ward about his tackling in that game. And so I have, I have, a, I have a theory here. Because I watched him wait on a couple to make a couple tackles. When I say wait, it's kind of like he just kind of like squared up and he's going to catch the guy, right? He's going to let the guy come to him and then just try to wrap up and get in there and not make the big hit. And I thought, and two things came to mind. One, he's not a big guy. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy Ward, he's slightly built. So he's throwing his body around. you talking about TJ Hawkinson who's running straight at him. He's like, okay, let me kind of back up, square <laughs> him up, and go just kind of wrap yeah. him up, tackle him. That's a big collision. And the other thing was, Maybe he's playing a little bit smarter because this is a guy who was throwing his body around a lot early on in his career, and he was always hurt, always getting banged up. Maybe he's learned a different way to kind of preserve his body. It's not a please, it's not going to be appealing or pleasing to the 49er fan base because they just wanted him to run in there and smack a big 6'6", 260-pound tight end. But he's like, no, I need to take care of my body. I've learned how to do this. I'm going to live the fight another day. Now, he did miss the tackle in the open field against Swift. That's tough, man. Like open tackles. This t- is not high school. This is not high school. This is not college. Like this is the NFL. You got a guy like DeAndre Swift. He's an elite, talented running back who was killing everybody in the SEC in the open field, just killing guys. The fact that Ward was able to get him down like twice in the open field when guys just broke through the middle untouched, and he had to kind of wait on them and make those tackles. He got got one time, you know, in the open field, and it results in a touchdown. Man, it's, it's tough, vulnerable position that he was in didn't like it i didn't like that that one really stood out because it was just on an island and it ended up as a touchdown that's the, it's the it's the it's the loneliest thing yeah I, I, like it, it's it's tough a guy running at you full speed moving and it's just like uh, uh okay which way and you want to try to make that tackle then it's like damn i missed I'm, I'm willing to bet he comes a little harder downhill next week i think he's going to get chewed out a little bit in the in the db room i don't want him to though Really? I don't want him to like. Don't I want him to protect himself? Like he is a versatile guy. He's back there. He's, you can't give you know, up touchdowns, it, though. I mean, you got to get the guy down. Protect yourself, but get the get the man on the ground. Yeah, but I mean, like just flying in there because oh, I'm right. thinking yeah, of yeah. like T.J. Hawkinson and how he was like, oh, let me. We're not going to see like the old uh, Deshaun Goldson, like just straight spearing dudes or anything like that. But see, but Goldson much bigger. Oh yeah, for sure, and also would be penalized every single play in today's NFL. <laughs> and you know, he's like one of my favorite Forty Niners. Oh yeah, so oh love, he's fun to watch. Another Tart, corner. Tart, Tart is a good coverage guy, but he definitely was a little outmatched by TJ Hawkinson. And I want to see how maybe Eagles use Dallas Goddard because he's a talented tight end as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if they do some of the things. A lot of man coverage 49ers played, and they kind of bit him a couple times when uh, Tart was in man coverage on TJ Hawkinson. Verrett obviously played a really good game, had a nice uh, grade at PFF. The top grade for the 49ers defense at PFF was Nick Bosa. He was in there for 51 snaps, had five total pressures. He had a couple hits, a couple hurries. He had the sack. He definitely slowed down late in the game and was absolutely gassed, which you would expect for a guy who has zero snaps in a calendar year and then jumped in there and was playing 51 snaps, especially at the end of the game with how how long the Lions held the football after the the fumble and the onside kick and all that. So, um, and multiple players in the 49ers defense looked gassed at the end of the game there, but graded out very well, came through healthy. So stock big up on, on Nick Bosa. And I expect him to just get stronger and stronger as the season goes on and he gets his lungs under him a little bit. Uh, so super surprised. And, and 
I, I love what I'm seeing from D Ford and happy for the guy. He got 30 snaps. I would have said, you know, I don't know, 10 snaps max, right? I, I didn't expect 30 snaps from D Ford, five pressures from him and a sack. So you got a sack from both Bosa and Ford. I'm not sure where the rest of the pass rush is going to come from because I was somewhat disappointed in some of the other edge guys. Arden Key's kind of out there and active, but not impactful. And Abelcom was straight not good I think he, he was pretty bad and he graded out very bad from PFF as well he was he was knocked around a little bit he's, he's undersized for an end and he wasn't really impacting with his speed either yeah you got you got, you got to get together and again like I, I look at week one and we and we can have our takes but I'm not going to rush any judgment on guys like I've seen a lot of other people on social media do let's let's relax a little bit and just look at it like okay what 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 do we want to see from week two? Right. Like, where do we want to see them improve? Now, if you're seeing the same things, then we can say it's a trend and then I will get a little word right. right now. OK, make note of things and things that you didn't care for. Forty nine scored 41 points in a win on the road. Now let's look at, OK, what do we want to see them do a little bit better? A lot of variants in week ones around the NFL. Things can look very different. And I would say and it's just a small sample anyway. So. Do you think Buffalo is going to – did you watch the Bills game? Yeah. They, I watched uh, a lot of the Bills game. Like, do you think that Josh Allen is going to play like that two weeks in a row? Well, I mean, he has before. It was, like the, the, it was like the original Josh Allen because I thought Josh Allen was trash. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going <laughs> to suck. I can't believe it. And he <laughs> developed so much and played so well last year. This was like the early career Josh Allen that we saw again. So, And look, yeah. I've always said it, and it's, it's sort of a cliche now for me, but – development paths aren't linear especially for quarterbacks but really for any position like guys are gonna have ups and downs you have a great game here great matchup sometimes the ball bounces your way it's gonna be a completely different week a completely different matchup next week against the eagles so until it becomes a trend we can't make any what's that i said that's like playing cornerback oh dude yeah that's why you have to have such a short memory right go from playing Tyrell Williams and you're like, oh yeah, this is the breeze. Then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Devontae Smith, man, he's just it's so different. good with routes and yeah. being you vertically. And I mean, that's going to challenge. Ranger. Some more speed on that. that. We'll, we'll get to that matchup, but oh, yeah. that's a little sticky. That'd be a little tough. A couple others real quick. Uh, according to PFF grades, DJ Jones was number two on the defense and Eric Armstead was number three. Eric Armstead rock solid. I like seeing him uh, on the inside a little bit as well later in that game uh, with the pass rush. He had nine I think he had the most pressures. Yeah, he had nine total pressures and, and played 60 snaps for the 49ers, both uh, on the edge and inside. And DJ Jones made some impact plays early, but I think uh, the interior defensive line did get beat overall in that game, especially as it went on. All right, uh, good stuff there. And Croc mentioned it. We're going to be previewing that Eagles game. We're really turning the page hard tomorrow because it is already time for another crossover episode. We'll be chatting with Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri of Locked on Eagles, then Croc and I, and a little appearance from Wink on the final show of the week, previewing that week two matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles right here, Locked on 49ers. 